Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to Security, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the Celebrity Mental Health Podcast, where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security Secure while listening or watching. At the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. Today is a very special episode of Security and Secure. I started it in March 2019, and today marks 250 episodes of Security and Secure, where we say it's okay not to be okay and open up those conversations of mental health. And there was one person I want to talk to today to mark that episode, and it's with thanks to Carl for setting it up, because she is the voice on mental health. For the past 30 years, she's been advocating for it. Her Unwelcome Visitor book is the Bible you need by your bedside. And she's one of those people that is your favourite actress, your favourite singer, your favourite presenter. To me personally, she's my second mum and someone I have unconditional love for. It's my dear friend and my French teacher. It's Denise Welsh. Hello, Dens. Bonjour, Johnny. Comment ça va? Um, can you come back to Waterloo Road now? Oh, bless you. It's too much like hard work, Johnny. I don't care. I need This show misses you. I miss you on it. You've got Angela, haven't you? You've got Adam. Well, exactly. That's the problem. You've got Angela, you've got Adam. Therefore, we need you and Philip to come back, who played well, Barbara. No, because Philip died in it. It doesn't matter. Cindy <laughs> Bill came back from the dead in EastEnders recently. We know that is very it doesn't matter now. Maybe I'll do a couple of guest episodes, especially for you. How does that sound? <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm back just for Johnny. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd, you know, I'd love that. Right, look, let's talk. We're going to talk about Carp in a little bit. But the first question, obviously, as we're coming to the end of the year, was just how has 2023 been for you? Mentally, physically, financially, professionally, romantically, anything. How has the year been? Very quick, I'll say that. I've never known a year go so quickly. Mm. I can't actually believe that Christmas adverts are on the telly. I mean, you know me with my bar humbugness, but I cannot believe that we're, that we're nearly there. So it's gone very, very quick. There's been ups and downs like there is in everybody's year. Mental health-wise, let's get that uh, sorted. 2019, when I had my last episode breakdown whatever we now call it it was the episode that launched my book that you very kindly um credited there the unwelcome um, visitor johnny if i could bottle what has happened to me i would be a trillionaire i always knew that the origin the onset of my depression was post obviously was postnatal and for 20 years 
I strived when I was well enough to have someone accept that the hormonal chaos that is caused in many women is responsible for the depression that subsequently ensues. For some women, and for many women, because I never want to frighten people who are thinking of having a family or who are currently pregnant or have just given birth. Most women will, um, if they do have postnatal depression, will make a complete recovery. Sadly for me, it opened up a tendency to major depressive order. And that has happened with some people. And when you think of the, chemi the chemical chaos that happens when you have a child, it was incomprehensible to me that, that doctors, many doctors, many, many doctors would not take the hormone aspect seriously. Eventually after 20 years, I found someone who did. He found me to be completely lacking in estrogen. He didn't know how I'd survive. Now, bearing in mind, I'd been to regular doctors, had regular blood tests, liver fine, kidney fine, this fine, estrogen fine. If you're worried about something, try and get an extra set of blood tests done. I know it costs money, so I utterly, but, but at least ask for a second opinion because I was so deficient in estrogen, they didn't know how I'd survived. Um, once I began to have hormone treatment for that, I saw massive improvements. Didn't cure me, but I saw improvement. Post 2019, I have never had one episode. I changed nothing. My antidepressants remained the same. My HRT remained the same. My uh, marital status remained the same, no big changes, but I haven't had another episode. So when you say to me, how was 2023? From that respect, it was marvelous because every year I don't have clinical major depressive disorder is a win for me because I can deal with other stuff without my depression. And what I've realized is, is that for 34 years, because Matty's 34 now, for 34 years, I've woken up in fear of my illness. It became so much part of my life, I wasn't even aware of it, of what am I doing today? What if I get my thing? What is Lincoln doing today? What are the kids doing today? What if I get my thing? What if it ruins it for them? It's almost like an internal dialogue that has taken place in my life for 34 years. And for the last, I would say two years, I've been free of that. I'm not saying I will never get depression again, because I don't know. I'm saying I've had four years free of it and we've been through the nightmare of COVID. I've been through the loss of my dad and you know how hard that was for me. My depression was not always reactive. It was very often endogenous. So it would come without any reasons whatsoever. It was, it was in my system. But every year, every month, every day, I don't have depression. I am a much happier person because I can deal with the other stuff. And if I don't have depression, the ripple effect is great on my family as, as well. This year, we had my stepson, Lewis, um, who has given us with his wife, uh, Lizzie, a beautiful grandson, Theo, who we, were up, we are absolutely and utterly obsessed with. I didn't think I'd be that way, but I am totally obsessed. But Lewis had a major operation for Crohn's disease, which was a very, very difficult time for us. It was a, a major, major operation, which obviously was very worrying for us. So that was one of the big downs of the year, but he's doing absolutely fantastically well. So the doctors there were very, very uh, grateful. I've spent time with both my kids in uh, America. Matty's been on tour and I miss him very, very much. Now I'm looking forward to the tour ending so he can just live a bit of a normal life for a while because I don't think people realize the pressure on, you know, they see everything is amazing, don't they? When you've got this, you know, big rock star touring the world and everything, but it's exhausting physically and mentally. And I'm looking forward to, as a mom, people say, are you proud? Are you proud? Of course I am. But the first thing I'm looking for in both my kids is, are they okay?
you know, how despite do you, everything. How do you manage to do that, though, when you bring Matty back here? And, you know, I know you don't like talking about his work. So I'm not talking about that. But the fact of obviously, if we look at social media and everything, obviously back and forth with Taylor Swift, etc. But for him to come back to Cheshire and just be Matthew again and just be your child and not have that fame, how do you keep him grounded so that fame, social media is all away and this is just Denise? It's incredible to watch Matty on stage being adored by millions of people and obviously thousands in the arena. And then to get back to the hotel or to get back to the house and just have my, my son back. I cherish the times that he's just here. And, you know, he came back a few months ago and I was going to pick him up off the train station, but he'd walked to his, they have this favourite sandwich shop called Petty Delice in Wilmslow. That the minute any of them get back to Wilmslow, they go to Petty Delice. Louis will walk in here every day with a Petty Delice. So Matty hadn't waited for me at the train. He'd walked through to Petty Delice and I could see people coming out the shops and staring at him. And he just, he looked up and he saw that the flame and what, Chinese restaurant where him and George used to do meal deliveries had been taken over by another restaurant and he filled up he got really emotional <laughs> you know it still means that it's it still means a, a, a lot to him and reminiscing about childhood etc but Matthew is a very grounded person I don't worry about that too much I, I'm looking forward to just being able to spend time with him when he's not touring but I got to do that a little bit in America and I went off to New Orleans as mom on tour and that was a real a real highlight of the year. Lincoln continues to go from strength to strength with his art. I've never known anybody work so hard. It's just been confirmed that he's doing um, Venice Biennale next year for the what will be the third time, or is it the fourth time? So I'm incredibly proud of him. I continue to mourn my dad, who I still can't quite accept that he's gone, but not a day goes by that, that we don't laugh about something he said or something he would have said or somebody he would have fancied. So generally, the thing about the world at the moment, Johnny, is and you more than anyone as a Jewish man will be feeling it. What we're going through globally is, is incomprehensible. And I think that because I can't change that situation, what I can do is try to look after my own corner of the world. So I am very aware that whatever's going on, there are still children who are in this country in 2023 who don't have shoes for school who don't have a bed to sleep in and who don't have food in their tummy at night and in the morning. So with the mirror, I've got a campaign called Hope Not Hunger. So I'm just trying to remind the governments that whatever is going on, we also have to look out for our own corner of the world and that's our children here. So I feel that I can do something about that in a small way by using my profile. So I'm trying to do that because I think we all wake up in the morning just not knowing what to think. It's a very, very difficult time. And as I say, I'm sure that it's very hard for you and I feel for you and your community. Well, that's very kind of you. Uh, Hope Not Hunger, where can people get more information on what you want people to be doing? They can go onto my Instagram page. I think what we're trying to do at the moment, Johnny, is there will be fundraising activities. Of course there will. I'm running one with children northeast at the moment. This is not just about the northeast. I started it there because that's where I'm from. And when I read the statistics of what was going on in the northeast, and that 72% of people living in poverty are in working families, that there are more food banks than McDonald's in this country. Food banks are essential, but they shouldn't be. They're doing the work of the government. And this government absolutely does not take child poverty as seriously as it should be. There needs to be 
a national child poverty strategy reinstated. And I am hoping that when the next government get in, which hopefully won't be this lot, that I will work towards that. So what we're trying to do at the moment is break down the stigma of child poverty. Shows like Benefit Street, those type of shows, they've created a massive stigma around people who are struggling. We're using the word destitution again, Johnny. That's like a Victorian word, but children are destitute. And so it's really a case of informing yourself a little bit more on a practical level. Find out if your area has a food bank or a baby bank, see what you can do. Sometimes it's not about delivering things. It's about maybe doing a little fundraiser. Manchester United had a great idea, and this is for more poverty generally, not necessarily child poverty, whereby everybody who went to the match was asked to bring along a spare coat, if you had one, and they all left a coat on the seats. Anything like this that you can do within your community is of massive help because there's more people going to be on the streets this year than, than ever. Check out Denz's Instagram page for more information. Obviously, you mentioned the government. We obviously know where you stood on COVID and everything like that. How has it been for you in recent times now that's all kind of gone away with your social media? Because at times your social media accounts got very raucous and there's a lot of back and forth. And just thinking of you from a mental health perspective, obviously you've said, you know, the diagnosis side and the depression side, but what's your relationship with social media like at the moment? I have a very good relationship with Instagram. I think there is an absolute massive difference between Instagram and X. I have a lot of followers on X slash Twitter. So it's not something that I want to come off, but I absolutely limit my time on there. I don't get into those fear scrolls that I used to. I take what information I need and I try and leave it alone. I feel a bit, I told you so about many of the things that I talked about in COVID because it wasn't about denying COVID, far from it, as again, you well knew. It was about the BS that was going around, which has been proved. I knew that nobody in Downing Street was wearing masks. I knew they weren't socially distancing. And I thought, well, don't you have sick relatives to go and visit them because I'm not allowed in the ambulance with my father. The whole Matt Hancock thing, I'm still very triggered by it all. A lot of people say it's gone away. It hasn't gone away. COVID itself hasn't gone away. But certainly I'm following this COVID inquiry with intense scrutiny. But I'll be, you know, and I, I, I honestly feel that none of them will be probably held to account because it's just they've all got each other's backs. And the corruption is absolutely intense. And, and then they um, just go on GB News afterwards or Celebrity SAS and just they just go, they just go stuff. on they just go on to make a bloody fortune yeah. and you know I'm absolutely furious with the fact that Matt Hancock has been given these positions. Luckily, it's completely backfiring. You know the guy the guy is a criminal as far as I'm concerned and he's a complete and utter um, idiot. And luckily, this is coming out. I had to fight my corner when he was in the jungle because a lot of people started to say, but he's marvellous. Everybody deserves a second chance. He got 11 stars. Absolute BS. Anyway, I think a lot of people are seeing things through my eyes now, not necessarily through mine, through many people's eyes. Obviously, you said that you hope there's another government coming in next year. What do you want them to do for mental health? What's the next stage? We've got a lot of celebrities having documentaries at the moment. Roman Kemp just brought out another one. We're having more and more classes in schools and more counsellors in schools. But what else needs to be done for mental health? Well, it's about funding. Unfortunately, the NHS, well, it's not just about funding. Unfortunately, the NHS is a, is a broken system. And, you know, I would love to sit on here and tell you what I think should be done with the NHS. I don't know, Johnny. I just know it's broken. And I just know there has to be changes because the waiting, the mental health waiting list is bigger than ever. You know, it's even going back to the poverty situation. I sort of re-entered that arena because of mental health, because you imagine the mental health of the, the people. I think it's also important as well 
that we differentiate between mental health issues and mental illness. And they're not necessarily the same, the same things. And I think they often get grouped together. Um, but as usual, it's money and it's conversation and it's transparency, because I don't, I honestly feel sometimes that, you know, it would be absolutely wonderful to have a minister in charge of mental health who was actually, you know, who would come out and say that they are a survivor of mental health issues or of or of mental illness. You know, I just feel in the government you have one day you're the and I don't understand it. One day you're the health secretary. The next day you're the transport sec secretary. The next day you're the minister of culture, Nadine Doris. It's like. What is going on? How do you know all these things? Get somebody applicable to what role that is. Have somebody who has either worked in the mental health community before or has suffered a mental illness. Because I'm proof in the pudding. It doesn't mean that because you've 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 got a mental illness that you that you can't make a you know huge contribution to to society. And I just hope if Labour do get in, that Keir Starmer said you know he's he, he's flip flopping already, and I do worry about that. I just want people to have the courage of con their convictions and not say that they're going to do one thing and then flip flop as soon as they as soon as they get they get in. So I'm no politician. It's not an arena that I enter in the traditional way, but I will just use my small platform to try to keep mental health and child poverty up there and talked about as much as possible. I'm hoping to get an interview with Keir Starmer, which he promised me at the um, Who Dares Wins Awards. So the mirror are going to hold his feet to the fire about about that one, just because I will ask questions that that a politician or a journalist wouldn't answer because I'm neither wouldn't ask because I'm neither of those. So I would just like to ask what he's going to do about these things from my perspective. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you with everything you've said, actually. And you're right. You know, we look at the way they all change their roles and it's well, why do I identify with you now? What have you done for me? Why am I looking at you as a role model? In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's look at your campaign with co-op. You're working with them about prenups. Why did you want to get involved in this campaign? The prenup thing is quite interesting. There has been a 70% increase in requests for information in this last year. 70%, that's quite a lot. I think the prenups were to most people, including me, something happened to big rich stars in America. One of them had pots and pots of money. The other didn't have as much. And the, and the very, very rich one wanted the not so rich one to not get that money should they divorce. That's how we saw it. We didn't see prenups as something that we could use. And actually, I think that we're just becoming a little bit more savvy. We're also wanting to retain some form of independence. You know, there's a lot of my friends, well, probably most of them, who no longer have, they don't have a shared bank account with their partner. They like to share lots of things with their partner, but they prefer to keep a little bit of financial independence and have their own bank account. Whereas years ago, our mums and Auntie Doris, they would have always just had a shared a shared bank account or traditionally the man would have looked after the money and given housekeeping money. So things have changed hugely. Also, when the prenup thing was explained to me by co-op uh, legal services as a insurance policy, it made so much sense. So when you go into a marriage, you will be encouraged to get insurance for um, either life insurance or house insurance. You don't think you're going to die, A. You don't think your house is going to um, burn down and you don't think you're going to have a flood. But you are sensible enough to take out a moderate policy just in case that happens. And this is the same thing. One of the things in a divorce, and I've had two, for me, this didn't apply, but for many friends it did, is the division of assets. And if you sign a prenup, and you decide about your division of assets before you got, and that doesn't mean I'll have the most or I'll have this, it's just you both decide what will happen in the event of the marriage not working. If you don't do that, the courts can decide for you. We've all heard about the amicable divorce. Oh, you know, we don't need lawyers. I'm gonna have this and he's gonna have that. And, and, it's a, and it just doesn't work that way. The lawyers come in and then the courts decide what you can both have. I know that moving forward now, and I'm going to say to my kids, don't let the courts decide. You decide what you're going to do about it and just think of it as an insurance policy. I think my own theory, and it is absolutely not given to me by co-op legal services, this is just my theory, 
we watch a lot of reality television and I don't just mean you and me Johnny because we watch more than anybody <laughs> in the entire so when I see we it's a more general we we all watch a lot of reality television and we all invest in these different love affairs and these different relationships sadly for some they don't last and I think that thankfully some do, but I think that people are just, it's not about becoming more cynical. It's just about becoming aware that it shouldn't be something that you're embarrassed about talking about. Obviously you're getting married because you love each other and you hope that you're going to stay together forever. But realistically, you might not. And we live in a world where the nuclear family isn't the same anymore. Mm. Kids aren't going to school with a mum and dad who are together who have 2.4 children. They are in a classroom full of single parents. They may have non-binary parents. They may have gay dads, gay mums. The nuclear family isn't the same anymore. Everything's changing. So I think that this is maybe why people have thought, well, hang on a minute. Let me just look look after myself and, you know, and, and make sure that if it happens, we know what's going to happen with the assets. So it just kind of makes sense to me. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And watching certain people that I know going through that and not having a prenup, it even strengthens it even more for me now that when I do finally find my nice little Jewish girl in North West London, um, it will happen because it's so important. And also it saves you on a lot of drama. You don't need the upset with everything else that's going on. Uh, that's it. That money's involved. Everything always goes worse. That's all as well. And I was talking to Ben Evans, who is the, who is the lawyer that, uh, that works for uh, Co-op. He was explaining to me more about the, um, the post-nup, which I didn't know. Some people are so busy and so wrapped up in getting their marriage organised, because we all know what a headache that can be, that they want to address these things afterwards. Or they come to a lawyer just before and the lawyer says, what I do is I, I come to me afterwards. And a post-nuptial agreement just can be a reflection or for example, a, a good example is, is that there is going to be an inheritance. And this inheritance may be coming to one or other of the partners that doesn't really impact on what they have built together as a marriage. And it's, it's a discussion to be had, and this could happen on either side, that you can then sign a postnuptial agreement so that there's no stress later on down the line. You both know what's gonna happen with that money, job done, in the door, signed, don't have to think about it any anymore. Signed, sealed and delivered. Let's do a bit of showbiz quickly. Diana the Musical, I had Jay from Escop Juniors on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and he was talking about how excited he is to be with you and Alice Fern and Kerry Ellis. I mean, that lineup, that's four powerhouses. Eventum Apollo on the 4th of December. I'm coming to it, obviously, because... Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, I'm going to be... Yeah. I came to see you in Wind in the Willows. I'll come to I see know you, you did. Uh, I know this is slightly different to Mrs Otto with me giving uh, the Queen... Yes, we're very excited about it. Maya Kassar Breed is also in that lineup. She's playing young Diana. You get the chance to go and see, well, I might take you, Johnny. Chance to go and see her in Lizzie at Southwark uh, Playhouse. Absolutely incredible um, new, new musical uh, based on Lizzie Borden. Anyway, little old me with these absolute powerhouse musical theatre geniuses and me. It's quite interesting uh, casting, I would say, but the musical is incredibly reverential to Diana. I was a huge Diana fan. I'm a huge Meg Meghan and Harry fan. I would never want to, you know, if it's even on their radar, I would never want to be involved in anything that would be would upset them. This is Diana's story from Diana's perspective. The writers of the musical love Diana. We just want to do it justice. Is it camp a little bit, but it reveres her and honors her. 
and I'm just very proud to be part of it. As I say, it's, it's a one night only concert. We're not sure what will happen after, but it's a one night only concert at um, the Apollo, Hammersmith Apollo on the uh, on the 4th of December. Are you wanting it to be a full on one? Would you go on tour next year? And Oh God, oh God, that? oh God. I can't even think what I'm doing. I'm doing a play with Matthew Kelly next year. Are you? A two-hander called The Gap. It's a new Jim Cartwright play. I am the biggest Jim Cartwright fan. I did yeah. Little Voice in 2004, and then I did um, another play of his, um, Ancient Secret of Youth, a few years ago. And he asked me a while back, would I be interested in this new play? And I mean, God, he's my favourite playwright. So yes, I am. And I love Matthew Kelly. And we're doing it at Hope Mill in Manchester, directed by Anthony Banks. So that's a trip up north for you, Johnny. And I love Matthew Kelly. I, <laughs> he gives the best cuddles. And I once got him to make uh, pretend that I was on Stars and Their Eyes. One of my favourite moments, I've got a little video of that. Uh, which is just brilliant. I always play it. Um, and then finally, obviously, Lou Summon. I think I just want to put it out there because I, you know, I'm a massive Lou Summon fan. I think it's on its best it's been in a really long time at the moment. Oh, so that's great to hear. Loose men doing really well. The, the all black female lineup, and then having Olivia Atwood and Joanna Page come on the lineup as well. I just think it's had that new blood that we've not had since the golden era of obviously you and Jane and Bellas and Carol and Kate and whatnot. How are you finding the panel at the moment? And just Loose Women as a whole, as a programme? Well, I mean, it's given, you know, we've had an injection of life anyway since doing the tour last year. And I think for me, it's more from an audience point of view. I think doing the tour, the live tour, just reminded us who we do this show for. And I was in tears every single night I did the show when we would come to the stage door. It was like we were the 1975 Nanas. You know, it was like being the, a middle-aged rock band. And we would come out to the stage door and it was teeming with people. Honestly, it was like we were rock stars. And you realise that this show, Johnny, means so much to people. We are their friends. We are their comfort. There are a lot of people who either because of mental or physical disability can't leave the house. There are many people who are lonely and us coming on television to them, whatever the lineup, they all have their favorite lineups, of course. They're very keen to tell us who they love and don't like, which is hilarious. But at 12.30 every day, we come into their homes and despite whatever's going on in the world, we try to bring a little bit of love and laughter to them. It's all those words that I cringe at normally, but it was very humbling because we all know, if you look at Twitter straight after our show, any show, you'll have Doris1234, who's got no followers. And no matter how much you try not to engage in that, it does kind of play into your psyche. Well, these amazing people who came to the tour wouldn't even know that Twitter exists, a lot of them. They don't live their life on social media. And this show means a lot to them. It was lovely to be a little bit more irreverent. It was lovely to be able to swear a bit. I could turn into Dirty Den and do all my dirty jokes that I can't do on the television. It was fascinating because each different lineup brought a different value to the audience. And of course, you've just mentioned Olivia and Joanna, and we've had Sally Dinover and, and, and Sue Cleaver, you know, who've come on as, as, as panellists as opposed to guests. And it's fantastic to give these uh, people an, an opportunity. And like you say, people need changes sometimes. As long as I'm still there, then they're good to go.
Sens, I can't yeah. thank you enough for being on episode 250. I can't thank you enough for being my I'm friend. I'm very honoured. You should be. And I love to obviously you and Lincoln and Tim and the kids and everything like that. Um, my thanks to Co-op, to Josh Wheeler and his team at B Broadcast to the interview. If you love something like I do, there's loads of episodes in the library of people like Sarah Khan, Andrew McLean, Sherry Houston, Kate Thornton, Shereen Murphy, Suzanne Shaw, Lisa Maxwell, and many, many more. If you enjoyed today's episode of Securing Good, please do give it a five-star rating. Click that subscribe button and let's keep spreading the word. For the next 250 episodes, it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Steve. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.